0: When law and duty are one, united by religion, you never become fully conscious, fully aware of yourself. You are always a little less than an individual. From Muadib, The 99 Wonders of the Universe, by the Princess Irulan. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of I've Red Dune with Rory Voy. This gentleman over here, our Muad'Dib, it's Rory
1: Voy. Say hello. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now that is an introduction you gotta love. Hey, everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, Rory Voy's Red Dune. Um, I don't know if you've known that. I hope you do. I hope you know that because he really wants you to know it. And mm-hmm. we are back. We're the Story Boys. I'm Austin. That's Andy. Say hello. Hello. And... Look, we're just Dune is Dune is everywhere now. Dune is the big thing, and we couldn't be happier.
1: You gotta love it. I I know that this is a a small snapshot in history where I where I get to see Dune, in, you know, just casually mentioned in Saturday Night Live. Mm. Uh, but I'm here for it. I'm here for whatever happens, whatever however long we're in this moment. I want to live in
0: it. <laughs> yeah. You can you can just talk about shai Halud on the street and people will have opinions on it. It's it's a uh, some sort of new beautiful world we're living in. Also, when you're walking in the street, you better be careful to sort of walk single file and uh, disguise and step, your numbers walk and walk without and, rhythm. And step without rhythm, yes.
1: Yeah, when you when you see a strange character on the bus or or, or on the street don't be so quick to judge it's very possible they're just doing the sand walk to try and distract <laughs> to try and not attract the attention of the worm <laughs> the makers the yes. makers um i also I really quickly want to take issue with uh with something that you did at the top of this episode uh Austin. if you have noticed Rory's about. Four times his usual size because of the time you called him Muad'Dib or our Muad'Dib. Yeah, and yeah, we
0: know I, him, I, we love him. He's our Muad'Dib.
1: Oh no, he's five times. Oh, he's getting. Oh, he's so big now. <laughs> oh, he's so very big. He's. he's ah, God, I can barely look at him. He's emitting a light, just sort of a very sickening light. This would be so much more fun if you had read God Emperor of June before <laughs> this series. This things that you're saying. Would be a very fun reference if I could give you credit for it. And I cannot. <laughs> well, that's too bad for the moment no. for the. <laughs> it's, no, <laughs> it's not just too bad. It's not. It's not dismissive. You should read books one through four of June. Well, we know. Well, I'm not I haven't do had that. to so far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In fact, I've been rewarded for not doing so.
1: That's fair. I believe we are covering chapters 43 and 44 tonight with the extremely luminescent Muad'Dib of the podcast, Rory Voy. Well, I'm certainly uh, glad to hear that because there have been a couple times where I have read the incorrect chapters, but uh, tonight is not that night. (laughs) When you started with I believe, I was like, oh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Because I only check once before reading. And I don't double check. Don't worry, our spreadsheets are very specific.
0: Well, I believe the Fremen say one check makes it good.
1: Is <laughs> that right? Is enough.
0: Yeah, well, as the Fremen say, once <laughs> is enough.
1: <laughs> from from the tales of yeah from from the collected <laughs> tales of Muad'Dib from the Princess <laughs> Yeah, There it is. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, give us give us that first chapter we got tonight. Give us that chappy.
1: All right. Chapter 43, everybody. I suppose so we didn't do a recap last last time. Uh it may be helpful. That's true. I mean, it would have been helpful last time. Th- I mean, I don't know, but I think we were we were we survived. Uh it may be nice to do one for this one so that when I start on, in a new point of view, it has a little bit of context.
0: Right. Okay. I think I can handle that this time. Uh so we had a pretty big time jump happen, and we are still kind of learning about everything that happened in this time jump we have Johnny uh, Chaney and Leto to the son of Paul uh, they're off in a new place in a different sietch, and we got Paul with his like mom who's become the Reverend mother of the Fremen and she's got a creepy child named but I want to uh, interrupt Aaliyah. I want uh,
1: I, wa- I want to have that Chani Chaney discussion so I say Chaney because it's got one N C H A N I but it is it's it's a it's a harder choice to make in the in the whole uh, now that there's Cheney's in the world. Sure. The, <laughs> now no, 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 there's both both Dicks and Liz's. Sure. The Dicks and Liz's of Cheney. Uh, I don't know. Uh, again, when you're dealing with made-up words, you're left with a sort of, and especially multiple languages, you're left with a sort of linguistic smorgasbord to clean up. Yeah. Well, and and I have no choice on this podcast, but in principle, I'm I'm totally I think I think your your interpretations are legitimate and I'm just going to smile and nod and go along with it. My interpretations are legitimate and (laughs) uh, it needs if it needs to be said. uh, Yeah, I I have the authority to decide how words are pronounced. Oh, man. Yeah,
0: I think. And and we we have no choice but to agree with you. (laughs) Muadib. Muadib. Um so that so that's going on with the family, you know, we've got Aaliyah who, you know, is the uh, you know, may she rest
1: in peace. No, no, not that one. Okay.
0: This is different. Right. This is creepy child who's got the mind of mind of an adult and uh and then Paul You're
1: pop singer Aaliyah who died yes. twenty yes. something years ago? Yes yeah. yes, he is. From Queen okay. of the Damned? Yeah, the one and only Aaliyah to ever live, correct. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um so okay, so we got Paul was writing sandworms. He's figured out how to do it. He he didn't master his driving test. He got some pointers from Stilgar, but he did pretty well, I think. And then he had his rage cuz he got he got crit- critiqued and then he was like, "Now I get to control the radio and what we listen to, because <laughs> I'm driving the Sandworm, and so then he says we're going to go to the Cave of Birds, and he also no, he wanted to go see Cheney and his son in the other sea edge, but then they get pulled off because they see smuggler ornithopters, and then they go to the
1: Cave of Birds. Mm-hmm. Well, we we don't we don't get to the Cave of Birds at this point, but you're right. everything up to that is is correct. Got it. And the smugglers. If it needs reminding, I think Andy remembers something about them. Yeah. When when last we saw the smugglers, uh, Gurney Halleck had sort of made super friends with them at, in the wake of the of the horrible destruction of, of House Atreides. And presumably he might still be with them.
0: Okay. Now, is the House of Birds... The Cave like, of Birds. The, thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Is the <laughs> Cave of Birds something that's only mentioned and we don't get an explanation for it yet? Is that still coming? Is it
1: like another one of those uh This is gonna be largely unexplained. Uh, Got it. it is but the the namesake is uh apt. Uh, okay. If you if you're looking for words, uh, if you're looking for prose that will explain what it is beyond that, you'll be shit out of luck. All right. But it is a cave. There are birds. Fair Great. enough. Great. All right, so everybody, chapter 43 in the Ornithopter, Gurney and his men spy they're going to they're going to spot a rich patch of spice. They are they're deep in Fremen territory looking for uh looking for that good good. Mm. Uh they are going to uh land and kind of start getting their getting their harvest on. Getting that spice, picking making it sp- up. <laughs> Diving in it and making spice angels. <laughs> <laughs> what <Well>, kind of <laughs> they? In, for, they don't make literal spice angels, but they're 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 pleased at their find. And Gurney is pretty pretty wary of this decision to be way up in way up in framing business, especially with this new guy Muad'Dib who's making waves, killing everybody. Mm. Uh, Gurney is also. This is—it's funny. We get a little bit of uh, Gurney Halleck's going to channel a little bit of Thufir Hawat here. He's like, "These fremen, man. I don't know what happened exactly two years ago, but for some reason, they're tactically as advanced as I am." Gurney Halleck, remember, and, and Duncan Idaho are two of the best fighters in the known universe. So he's totally. Like, I don't know why everybody's so exactly as good as me now, all of a sudden. What could what could be the cause of, of, <laughs> this, of this strange
0: phenomenon? With the proportional strength and skill of one Gurney Halleck. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but Smuggler's Land. They, they're gonna go for it. Uh, they start spreading out and collecting spice. Gurney's like, this is a good spot. I should bury a trap, I should bury some supplies here, because I'm gonna want to come back here all the time. And then bing bang boom—it's a trap. An, or, uh, a rocket—a rocket's gonna blast one of the ornithopters. They're all out. Mm. Everybody's out of the ornithopters. They're—they're they're just loving it. They're just loving all the spice they found. But uh, Gurney Halleck. I, so this is a moment that I just—I don't know if it is—it is locked in time with how rare rocket launchers are in the '60s, which I—I I, I don't know. I do not know. But Gurney is—Gurney is. Gurney is like rockets i can't believe they would use rockets and i don't get it yeah uh, it, it's an odd i i, I i'm this is a slight tangent here but it doesn't make sense to me in the 21st century what this point is supposed to mean yeah is there something cooler that they should be using or yeah, is, yeah, it
0: gosh, I is it like is it a, a weird faux pas
1: yeah i don't know i don't know what the what the deal is but gurney does how dare you use rockets after what happened during the butlerian jihad (laughs) uh, maybe he just doesn't think the fremen have rocket launchers i don't i don't know but it is it's an odd moment yeah 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 Yeah. then the fremen reveal themselves they start they start duking it out with these smugglers uh gurney has uh at this point now taken off his mask so that he can better shout orders to his men uh and then he spies a creepy little, a creepy little Fremen uh, staring him down. He's squatting and he's doing, he's channeling his best, his best uh, sister energy. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. as we all know, this is Paul Atreides. It's clearly oh, Paul. Oh, shit. It's clearly most definitely Paul Atreides. Paul Muad'Dib. Paul, Paul tells Gurney to like, the fight's over. My men won. And also, we're friends. But Mm -hmm. my men won. My men won. And Gurney's like, this is kind of bullshit that he's he's kind of like acting like this. But yeah, these men did win. These men did win. So, all right. All right. We're cool. Uh, He tells his guys (laughs) to stand down. They don't like hug or say like, yo it up, my boy. There's there's moments. But this meeting is tense. Uh, Gurney thought that everybody he knew and cared about was dead. uh, Right. Paul intentionally kept his survival ship a secret. Right, right, yeah. Cuz otherwise he'd be
0: painting a huge target on his back to the uh known universe.
1: Perhaps, yeah. perhaps. And and they have a, a conversation to such an effect and, and and Gurney at first is like, "You could have gotten a message to me." And Paul's like, "Or or rather, Paul doesn't say anything and Gurney then realizes, "Oh, that's right." Because if you got a message to me and I came running, like a dog to a bone to the fremen territory for no reason unprompted <laughs> everybody would figure it out yeah right <laughs> right
0: also you know the, their house was betrayed by somebody in their party and i totally. don't think they ever really got well, the Paul run down
1: gurney does not know right. gurney at this point still believes it's jessica but paul knows it was you Ed. oh right i also want to briefly say before we move on that i really like i really like that it was there were two reasons to stop the fight, and one was we're friends, and the other was, and I also won. Because <laughs> yeah, I really no, like that. And- it's like, no, don't fight me anymore. Cause I won. And also we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I did well... win. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be nice Gurney, if you'd say it. Gurney is is thrown off by this uh this military leader, this Palmu Adib, mm-hmm. uh, who uh well is you know, the student of two of the greatest fighters in the galaxy, this is a surprise to him that he's so thoroughly thwarted. His men are. Uh, Gurney might be able to still take Paul. That's a uh, that's a possibility that is not tested. Interesting. Anyway, Paul will introduce Gurney to Stilgar, first stepdad meet new stepdad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're both very terse with one another. It's uh, good casting and part of the film. Uh, you can imagine. Yes. You can imagine Javier Bardem and Josh Brolin having a, a, mm-hmm. a pretty silent stare down. <laughs> just both setting their jaws so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul will ask Gurney, like, let's take account. Uh, it is, it's kind of a cool moment because uh, uh, Gurney's men don't want to submit to the Fremen. They're like, they they just killed a bunch of us. And Gurney's like, it was a mistake. And it would be a mistake to keep fighting them. Mm. Uh, also, are your I...
0: family now. Now kiss them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul tells him like, Hey, like you guys were, you guys are way as deep in Fremen territory. This is abnormal. This is, this is not what we expected. And, uh, you know, we responded in kind. And I, you know, as much as one can apologize without admitting any fault, uh, Paul, Paul does so. Oh, it's just a whole bunch of, like, really tense, me- like, I don't know. You, you get strong, like, dick-measuring vibes out of this right now. Yeah, because this is the first, because Paul was a weird little whiny witch boy when, when <laughs> Gurney last met him. And now he's like, a, now he's like a, you know, a Napoleon-type character. Paul tells him, like, we, we don't, like, there's shit all around here that we don't show outsiders. And Gurney's like... Let's see what that is, though. And Paul's like, bro, that it didn't like that. I'll show mm-hmm. you. But what's up with these? What's up with these whack ass dudes? And Paul and Gurney sort of talk shop. There's an interesting moment. So I don't remember because I had mentioned in our film discussion the sort of hand signal language. I don't remember coming up in the first part of the book. If it did, it was a sort of single sentence line like it is now but now that it uh-huh. has come up i was more aware of it uh paul and gurney use their hand signal language uh, gurney tells him that he doesn't he can't vouch for all of his men there's some new guys from off world that are with him oh. so what do you just sort of feed them to the sandworm
0: <laughs> well it was just a point
1: that was like cuz cuz paul was paul was asking like you trust your men and mostly because remember gurney is this sort of like George Washington type character. Him and his men have have a uh, have a deep bond. Sure. But there's but there's brand new. But, but today there's new guys. Sure, sure. He's like I can't be
0: a hundred percent sure they're not like from or, or. uh
1: Paul uh, asks Gurney to join his to join his ranks. Uh, Gurney will tell him I, I never left your service. I just didn't think I had a a living duke to serve. But like I've mm. been I've been pursuing uh my revenge strategy against against Raban, who at this point is the sort of figurehead of all uh bad bad doings. Right. Uh now Austin mentioned something funny. Uh uh the conversation uh, a a a sandstorm approaches, they have to take cover, and with with the sandstorm gives Paul and Gurney an opportunity to sort of speak candidly without everybody in their immediate vicinity hearing them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gurney says Something to the effect of, like, I'm getting a strong whiff of Seleucus Secundi off these off these motherfuckers. Uh, uh, no. uh, Paul's huh. like, are they Sardaukar? And Granny's like, that I don't know. They're, they're with me. They're not hearkening. But um, that's that's my impression. Cut to Cave of Birds. Cave of oh, Birds. Yes. Oh, they, they weren't in the Cave of Birds. They were outside. No, they're outside. they are right. outside. They were outside. They were at the scene of a crashed right. ornithopter. Or right. an exploded yeah. ornithopter. Yeah, they, they landed and all got out and started, you know, sniffing spice on the ground. But, but then rocket ships hit an ornithopter. But even if they hadn't, the sandstorm forced them to take refuge in the Cape of birds. And Paul, uh, Paul tells his Fremen to take all these guys inside. This is when Paul, or this is when Gurney finds out that Paul is Muad'Dib, as he's referred to by his, uh, Fidaikin, which is a word that I will <laughs> explain, uh, explain a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> Uh you could just be making <laughs> any of these up and we wouldn't know. <laughs> Fuck.
0: It feels like a formal greeting, Fadagan.
1: So oh. yeah, so uh they're having their heart to heart. They're uh they're talking about uh you know why Gurney thinks these guys are from Salusis Secunda and he's like, I don't I I, I don't know, man, but I fought enough Harkonnens and I fought enough Sardaukar to just I've got a whiff of, of bad news off these guys then we hear some kind of, we hear some kind of, uh, grim, grim portents. And, uh, as Paul and Gurney come running to the rest of the group, uh, the Sardaukar have, uh, killed a couple Fremen. Ugh. Oh, they're, uh, they're, they have not won by a long shot. Uh, but they've, they've gotten the upper hand on a couple guys. Now are these, were these plant smugglers or are we talking about like a new invasion of Sardaukar? That's sort of entirely unclear at this point because the Sardaukar don't necessarily have any reason to be on Arrakis as far as we know, right? The Harkonnen invasion was successful. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I will, I will give you more information shortly, but at the moment, there's no, no, no understanding of why the Sardaukar are here. Yeah. So Paul will call out the, the Sardakar captain and, uh, Tells him he's Muad'Dib, which is when a dagger will fly out from from one of the other Sardaukars. Gurney will catch it and stop it and be, ball, be baller. Mm. And this is when we learn why the Sardakar are here. Uh, they have been instructed to sort of quell this Fremen uprising and and kill this Muad'Dib type character. So when Paul mm. when Paul tells him he's Muad'Dib and you're dealing with me, the sort of you know, the Napoleon-esque character uh, of, of the Fremen, that's, w- that's when they act, and that's when this all comes up.
0: Right, right.
1: They've activated their, their wake word, <laughs> their sleeper wake word. Paul will then, yeah, so he'll he'll continue addressing the cabinet. He's like, okay, so I'm Muad'Dib. I'm the leader of the Fremen. I speak for all the Fremen. And not only that, I'm Paul Atreides. This is my fucking planet. And the Sardaukar will be like, Oh, it makes it your planet. And Paul's like, your emperor, the only person you answer to, made it my planet. Nobody's changed that. Mm-hmm. And the guy's uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, good point. Very good point. <laughs> this has all been such a hilarious misunderstanding. Shall we all go home, boys?
0: <laughs> and do and do they?
1: Well, yeah. So Paul wants to let these guys go. And Gurney Halleck and, and Stilgar are like, but we haven't even tortured and killed them a little bit. And it would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> <for them. laughs> I and you know we're all about the, it. And then Gurney and Stilgar look at each other and give an approving little nod at old <laughs> ants.
0: <laughs> oh, I would see them go at it. Those two beef boys? Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> um so Paul will tell them, so here's the plan. Uh he wants the emperor to know Paul's alive. Paul's Muad'Dib. Muad'Dib is kicking ass. He took out the Sardaukar easily. He's trying to he's he's creating a political powder keg for the Emperor. Mm-hmm. And Gurney's like, the he's never gonna let this slide, bro. He's gonna send Sartagar to the planet. And Paul's like, well, I'm Fremen now. They, there's, they can't, they can't come here. They can't, they can't touch us. They'd have to blow up Arrakis, which they can't do because it's the only planet with spice. Yeah. They can't. They can't reach me. Hmm. So fuck them. Fuck them, bro.
0: Diplomatic immunity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of one of Paul's Fedaiken will uh, apologize to Paul prophetically for allowing them to sort of allowing these Sardaukar to, you know, still have knives. And Paul's like, you couldn't have stopped it. And I should have told you, I didn't know they were Sardaukar for sure. At the time, Uh these guys keep, they keep weapons in their toenails. They keep garrots in their hair. These guys uh-huh. are, these guys and every, and there's just no, there's no way to, you can't catch it all. You've, mm-hmm. you've got to kill them or be prepared for whatever you didn't find.
0: Swords in their armpits and, malls <laughs> yeah. in their butt
1: crack balls oh yeah that's
0: better <laughs> malls in
1: their balls <laughs> so Stilgar will uh, bring Chaney into the room he had he had at the, at the at the toss of the knife gone and sort of you know dove on that grenade for Chaney so to speak Paul is like why did you dive on that grenade for Chaney and he's like well you know she's my niece and Paul's like come on, man, I'm, I'm the guy. And, and so it's sort of like, I know. And I know that you would not be the guy without Chaney. So, and I know that you're probably fine. So I made a choice. Yeah. Tactical decision.
0: Now, sorry. They, did they go and get her and then go to the cave of birds?
1: Yeah, sorry. This is a little bit chrono- chronologically confusing. Uh, so we've, we've got Chaney here. We, we don't have his son. So apparent. so I guess only his son is in the South. And okay. Cheney's Cheney's with them at this point. Okay. Getting a break from that loud baby. But this is, this is <laughs> the first time she comes up is at this is at this moment. And uh, so, so earlier when the knife was tossed at, at Paul Stilgar sort of ushered her away and then brings her back. Got it. So then Paul has his confrontation about that. And uh, he tells Stilgar, he is not planning on calling out Stilgar as, uh, the new leader of C.H. Tabor. So it's, a, it's a nice conversation. Sogar's like, this is the way. And Paul is like, well, do you remember that there was a time that this was the way, too, where you found two little white, you know, a white mom and a white boy in the desert and didn't kill them and drink their water? Because that was the way. Uh, right. Do you remember that right. time that it was, like, not cool for an outsider to be the Reverend Mother and for an outsider to become, as far as I've made it, a dual citizen Fremen? Cause that was the way too, and I'm not doing this. I'm not icing you. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not cutting off my right arm to uh, to uh, to serve some sort of old policy that doesn't make any sense. So yeah. You break the rules all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's nice. I like that.
1: Uh, Paul is going to send Cheney to go tell Jessica. Uh, we're all meeting at the Cave of Birds. I guess the Cave of Birds is where meetings happen. Oh, all right. Are they messenger
0: birds? No,
1: it's just a, it's an unrelated quality. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul plans to convince everybody else in the Fremen tribe that uh, he has no interest in killing Stilgar. I
0: sure. just he- want everyone to know that I don't want to kill Stilgar.
1: <laughs> this is when Gurney learns that... Lady Jessica is still alive, who he believes is the traitor. Mm, right. Uh so he starts thinking about I'm gonna I'm gonna ice this bee, but I'm also gonna make sure she confesses to her son before I do it, because I obviously don't want to upset my best friend and stepson Paul Atreides. <laughs> uh-huh. Because Gurney's been Gurney's been in contact for these two years. When we mentioned that he he's been in contact with Hawat, uh, who is right. who has been getting bad information from the uh from the Baron.
0: Well, also, he, on his own information, thought it was Jessica, too, for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything else would just sort of have confirmed his bad information.
1: That's, mo- that's pretty much it. He's, he's gotten quite a bit of evidence that suggests that Lady Jessica is the traitor and nothing to the counter. And that would be the end of Chapter 43. It's a mealy motherfucker. Yeah. I think it's got to be yeah. just be called Cave of Birds, right? Yeah. I mean, sure. It, it, it makes me think of, like, you know those places at, like, a zoo... Where they've got a bunch of birds just flying around, shitting everywhere. But once in a while, like if you've got like a little thing of seeds in your hand, they'll come and say hi to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the, the, actually the I'm muggy gonna... muggy bird chamber. Well,
1: mm-hmm. I have to tell you that the Woodland Park Zoo is different from many zoos. Not everywhere has that bird room, that cool ass. Well, bird not room. everywhere, but there's some cool bird rooms. I, I, well, okay, I'll I'll put it this way: I've not been to, I've not been to every zoo in this fine land of ours. But if I nor have I, the, but I have not been to another one with the bird room. Yeah, if there are not other zoos with the cool bird room where you can feed them seeds and they land on your head or whatever, then... Point Defiance doesn't have it. Uh, San Diego doesn't have it. Taipei doesn't have it. I, don't, you know I haven't what? been to that many zoos. I haven't been to that many zoos. Now that I now that I say it out loud, it's a well, crying shame. Well, if you have opinions on
0: zoos and bird rooms, uh, you can go to our Discord. <laughs> And tell us all about your bird experience. It's we got to put zoo rooms on Jessica.
1: <laughs> <Discord. laughs> all right. Chapter 44. Chapter 44 mm. also has a, I don't know that it has a punchy single title. So we'll see if it, if we'll see if it comes up in, in the process. It's been the name of the game this week. So we're now, we've skipped ahead a little bit, not years, but uh, Jessica's at the, at the Cave of Birds. Everybody prominent. Everybody who needs to be at Cave of Birds is at Cave of Birds at this point. <laughs> everybody who's anywhere, anybody is there. Anybody who's anybody's at the Cave of Birds on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking about how there's just no way for Paul not to call out Stilgar. It's just what everybody expects. And uh, at the same time, uh, why would you, we can't lose Stilgar, right? He's, he's the number one, he's the number one recipient of, of Jessica's Witch Karate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh I suppose it bears a little mentioning. So I initially attributed the weirding way to be more of a more of just a way witches sort of the Benny Gesserit beat people up than a specific martial art. But it is more, I guess, uh just a it's a little bit more of a transferable skill. You don't have to teach anybody to be a Benny Jesuit witch. You can just teach them the weirding way. Hmm. It's I really see. not present in the book, uh, at this point, but it has become clear on our discord that the distinction needs to be made.
0: The way of the weird fist. <laughs> 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 the, now the question I have, so this is, so this is after the Sardaukar, he allowed the Sardaukar to leave and go tell the Baron. Mm-hmm. Right? So that has already sort of happened. They all sort of flew, flew home and we're like, daddy, 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 Paul's I mean, they, they
1: they rocketed at least one ornithopter. I don't know if they're just like walking home or if they're mm. if there's a, a if there's a server. They, they landed with, I believe, two ornithopters deep and at least one got hit with a rocket ship. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the what the Harkonnen timeline is for them to to get okay. home if they can or whatever. They didn't even throw them cab fare. But it <laughs> yeah. seems like the
0: this meeting is not really that concerned with what. The Baron or the Sardaukar up to this meeting is
1: all about. No, 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 no Silgar. No. This that's all business. That's all business as usual. This uh, the the Fremen have been have been fighting their war with the with the Harkonnens for two years, and that is tacitly tacitly what's the word approved by the uh, by the Emperor, if not directly. Mm-hmm. Especially since he sent Harkonnens to kill a Mu- kill a Muadib type, you know, a Mua figure. Then uh, we can assume that the Emperor is uh, fully behind this this war. There I'm are, or a deep type. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so so it's basically this is all just like, hey, do we do we don't have a fight to the death with Stilgar?
1: Yeah, basically. So Paul Paul uh, Paul takes the pedestal. Uh, I, I assume that they're at some sort of alternate wall of congregation uh, that the bird of <laughs> that the cave of birds has a wall of congregation yeah. that everybody is hanging at. You kind of have a big wall. So he's like, I'm not killing Stilgar. Don't, don't anybody even fucking worry about it. You can't kill Stilgar. He can't kill me. You can't kill me. Nobody here can upset the sort of uh, succession line. But you still want me to kill Stilgar for some sort of honor? Is not even an honor killing. It's, it's just because it's the way, right? Like I'm not doing it. Crowd gets a little bit angry, and they're like, Well, we, uh, this is our ways. And Paul's like, well, guess what, motherfuckers? Now this is happening. He pops into his pocket, grabs, uh, grabs Duke Leto's ducal signet, throws that motherfucker on his ring and is, or on his finger, and is like, guess what? I'm the duke of this planet. I'm the king of this planet. I don't have to. I'm not a fremen. And they're like, yeah, you are. And he's like, yeah, I totally am. But I'm also <laughs> not that, and I'm not doing it. No, like that doesn't make any sense. You lived with us for two years. We took you in. You're a dual citizen. And he's like, I'm not. Fucking doing it, bro.
0: <laughs> but by space law, not by planet law, I can do whatever I want. This ring says I can do whatever I want.
1: <laughs> so here's how it's going down. So now Stilgar can swear his fealty to the Duke of Arrakis. That's not against the Fremen law. It doesn't say anywhere it doesn't say anywhere in the rules that a that a dog can't play basketball. Totally. So we're doing that. And then he's like, "Now I'm the Duke of Arrakis. I've always been the Duke of Arrakis, but I'm also Muad'Dib, and he's also Stillgar, and we're cool now. And uh, people more or less go along with it." Huh. Well, I'm glad it works, because otherwise that was going to get tedious and sad, and we might have to see Stillgar die. I mean, to I'm, have I'm... him get
0: offed on a technicality.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm still fully expecting Stillgar to bite it at some point, because it just seems like what happens to Stillgars in books. It's what
0: happens to father figures?
1: Yeah, <laughs> but at least it doesn't have to happen because of some dumb rule and Paul doesn't have to do it. Yeah, yet. 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 So, uh, Silgar will uh, do the whole, like, I swear, you know, the whole knighting thing, right? Like, I swear <laughs> I'm your boy. And then he kisses he kisses Paul's knife. Oh, not and, the ring. Uh, he
0: kissed the knife.
1: No, he kisses the Chris knife. Oh, yes. The kiss, kiss, the, the kiss, kiss knife.
0: Kiss the Chris. Oh, kiss knife is good. Did we already do kiss knife? <laughs>
1: it's been years think, since so. we've started doing this podcast. <laughs> I don't think kiss knife has ever happened, but it should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul goes off to have a powwow with uh, with the Reverend Mother Jessica Traides. Oh, I see. This is this is the moment. This is this is Gurney's moment. He he comes up behind Jessica, throws his knife in her. Not like not like stabs her, but you know he's got his knife to her back, uh, mm. and is like, "I know your witchy ways, you snake in the grass." Uh, You do voice on me and you know my muscles. This is a weird, something that happens a lot in Dune uh, that I I think I've, I mean, I've mentioned passively, but I don't know if I've mentioned as a specific trend in the writing. People have incredible skills that are just, that are just not ever really pre-addressed. Gurney's like, Mm -hmm. you know, so Gurney's like, you know, if you try to use the voice on me, my muscles are trained to just stab you anyway. So don't even think about it. Oh, yeah, we
0: all know that. We all know about Kearney's incredible muscles. His voice proof muscles. Um,
1: <laughs> voice proof muscle. Uh, title. Uh, yeah, voice proof muffle. Bo- oh, my oh. God. <laughs> voice proof <laughs> muffles. <laughs> voice proof muscles. A bit of a, a bit of a tongue twister. I didn't even I didn't see a comment that mm-hmm. snuck up on me. It's just like gurney. It, it, it just like gurney. It doesn't look like a, a tongue twister on, on the paper. Yeah. But if you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul is going to uh, find these find this engagement uh, and not be very pleased about what he's seeing. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally not. It's a cool moment. Paul's like, Gurney's like, I, I love you, man. I'm your, you're my Duke. I'm your man. This woman killed my Duke the first time. Uh, it can't happen again. And Paul's, and Paul's like, look, dude, I love you too. And I'm just letting you know, if you kill my mom, I'm going to still love you while you're cut into a thousand pieces. <laughs> Oof.
0: But, you know, accurate. Yeah. yeah. Stern, but fair.
1: <laughs> I will. I will love every shred of you. Yeah. Well, I make them. <laughs> Paul and Jessica will now deduce that he doesn't know UA was the real traitor. Paul was told by his dad that uh, that he was only sort of pretending that Jessica was the baddie, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Paul knows that. Plus, he has evidence that UA was the traitor that Gurney doesn't have. Uh, he has UA's. Uh, I forget exactly what he did. Remember he he left he left like a a bag of supplies in the ornithopter with like a and it was like his handwriting on a note or something. Yeah, it was like a from UA note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was when Paul figured it out and he was like I can't I can't prove it wasn't UA right now, but we've got we've got all our old supplies back at uh CH Tabor. I can I can show you for real this is not my mom and Gurney's like I- is he in on this? I don't I don't get it because it can't be U A because he's imperially conditioned, and which we still don't really, really know what that means in the context of the book, mm-hmm. uh, as has been presented so far. But it's apparently very convincing to Gurney. <laughs> yeah, but Paul's like, I can, I can also prove that that's not as surefire as as you think. Like that can be broken. Objection. <laughs> <laughs> then Gurney will take a uh, page out of Thufir Hawat's book and throw himself at Paul's feet and demand to be killed for his insolence. Man. <laughs> God, imagine imagine caring about something like that that much. Like, oh no, I've insulted you. Guess you gotta kill me. There's no way out of this except for you to kill me. That fucking sucks. Presumably he won't do it. No, instead he offers Jessica an apology song on his balance Oh, her- oh
0: my God. <laughs> Okay, Rory, of all the best things you could have said for what to happen in the book Dune, um, that's it. <laughs> that's definitely it. <laughs> Please make an apology video for my mom and sing it.
1: <laughs> uh, so I guess something that I hadn't mentioned earlier in this thing, when Paul's giving his speech to the Fremen, uh, as, as they are slightly sort of turning on him, he is going to invoke the name Lisan Al-Qaib, which at this point had not been—he had never like told told them he bought into the prophecy bullshit, right? Right. So that's where we're—we sort of ruminate that, at, we ruminate on that at the end of this uh, chapter. That he's like, I don't know that I have done a great thing by uh, playing into religious archetypes, but here we are. Hmm. Yeah, Paul seems to be kind of on a. I don't know, not like an uncontrollable trajectory, but like, I I don't know. I guess that's, that's kind of like the, the, the common, the common trope, right? Is that like, if you've, you're like, you've got some huge prophecy about what you're going to do. And even if you know about it, like in the moment, if all you're doing is making the decisions that seem to make sense and they still take you that direction, like. Yeah. Well, Paul is in a weird moment. So this, this comes up as well in one of these last two chapters, uh, that is, is important, but it, it. was hard to bring up as a, as a plot beat. He's still kind of consulting this uh, central sort of, you know, central timeline curve, his sort of his Loki timeline. Mm. And, mm. Uh, and he sees what his actions, what actions sort of wind up with catastrophic events and which ones don't. And he's sort of riding, he's riding that wave. And he found himself in a moment where a- admitting he was Lisa and Ghaib was not catastrophic. And so he did it. Okay. We're in the end game now. (laughs) Uh, The Fadikin, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we learned this chapter, are Paul's, um, basically his Navy SEALs. They're the guys that go out with him to Mm. go fuck shit Mm -hmm. up.
0: Okay. Rory, by the way, I think I have a name for this chapter.
1: Hit us with it.
0: Gurney sings the sorry song. (laughs) Love it. Love it. (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to kill you. <laughs> I didn't have all the information. <laughs> I tried to do my own research.
1: <laughs> my Google <laughs> foo <flu> was lacking.
0: <laughs> Squidly <Squiggly-ly-ly-ly-ly-ly-ly. Ooh. laughs> I read that birds aren't real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I found this cave. <laughs>
0: boys egg on my face
1: <laughs> he says that
0: he sort of talks
1: things that part <laughs> uh, so that's chapters 33 and 34 43 and 44 no 33 and 34 i've gone back 10 <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no fuck you just want to make this this podcast go as long as possible <laughs> i'm having so much fun what if they'll notice if i tell them the same chapters over again
0: <laughs> no seriously we're in the 40s that's crazy uh yeah. we're almost done with the book
1: two more two more episodes of this podcast and we get through the book baby
0: holy shit
1: Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. (laughs) And you get to hear almost every week, Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so
0: much reading. It's always Warlock.
1: (laughs) It comes out most Saturdays.
0: Saturday morning Tuesdays, you guys. It's the show that started it all. Uh, You can hear me, Rory and Andy, and we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, (laughs) cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show. Maybe we're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. (laughs) And it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, And, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, We would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, Send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with
1: your memes. (laughs)
0: Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode
1: description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters.